Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we talk all about present-day polygamy and early Mormon polygamy and polygamous on this show. We discuss its dangers, its unbiblical basis, and, of course, its abuses. And if you or anyone that you know is in a polygamy group and would like to get out, if you'd like to escape and like to get out safely, a Shield and Refuge ministry can help you. Uh, the link to the ministry is on the screen, the webpage link, and you can call our toll-free number, which is 877-425-9993, and all information is held in strict confidentiality. If you want to make any comments or suggestions or have any questions about the show, we have an email address you can contact us with, and that's also on the screen, email at whatloveisthis.tv, and our telephone number for show information is 385-240-2888. And now I'd like to introduce a very special, <laughs> and, special re guest and returning special co-host, Earl Erskine, back right. to help again. Pleasure Thank you. to be here. It's always so fascinating. <laughs> it's interesting the it things we come across and it can is. talk about. Yeah. Um, to, today we're going to be talking about the coercion in polygamy. And um, we've talked about it before, but yeah. it's always something important that we think to talk about. Coercion is the <clears throat> use of pressure tactics of trickery, of emotional manipulation to get anyone or someone to say yes to what someone else wants them to do. But yes under duress doesn't necessarily mean yes. And the absence of the word no doesn't always mean consent. Stressing someone to say yes is coercion and it is abusive and polygamists do it. If you have to say yes to people who pressured you to live polygamy and you really wanted to say no, then you are a victim of coercion. Generally, members of polygamy groups are not allowed to make many of their own decisions. Instead, choices must be made within the strict guidelines set by the leadership of the group. Virtually every Mormon-based polygamy group officially denies that their females are forced into polygamous marriages or that they are underage when they become plural wives. However, most prospective plural wives are manipulated into polygamous marriages at a young age. And if she doesn't want it, but is forced to comply, then she is a victim of coercion. She, she agrees to it because she has been brainwashed from the cradle into a submissive acceptance of becoming a plural wife when she grows up. Now, free and educated choice to live polygamy is practically non-existent. Later, when she discovers that she wants out, that she doesn't really want to live the rest of her life this way, then she's threatened with losing her family, her children, even her, if, uh, her salvation if she decides to get out or dares to leave. And she often won't leave because they remind her of her obligation to keep the covenants she made during the plural marriage ceremony. Ceremony. But when she has been coerced into saying yes, when she really wanted to say no, 
she can know that yes under duress really isn't yes and she is under no obligation to keep covenants made in the plural marriage ceremony god holds no woman responsible for any forced covenants that she made when she became a plural wife there is a huge difference between informed consent and a forced yes which most likely indicates that she is silently screaming no and this happens much too frequently in polygamy groups. So we have put together a two-part discussion about coercion versus genuine free choice. Now, this is part one, and we will be discussing whether polygamous wives have really made an informed and educated choice and given free consent, free will consent, to become a polygamous wife, or if what they call uh, her free choice was really coercion. Even though she may think she made her own decision, she may in reality have been coerced, manipulated, and threatened to say yes. We've talked about this topic several times yeah. in the past. Yeah, similar topics. Huh? And it, it needs to be revisited, I think, on a regular basis. People are growing up, new yeah. people watch the show, and it's important for young people growing up in polygamy groups to understand their basic human right to safely say no. We have a few main points that we want to discuss to illustrate how saying yes to polygamy can really mean no, or if legal informed consent was part of the decision to begin with. And I think we've got six points on this one today. Yeah. So the number one uh, point, it is not informed consent. And number one is... She agrees to polygamy because her very, from her very first childhood memories, she was constantly informed that it's her duty. That's not... Free consent. Not, free consent. No. not at all. Children born in polygamy groups are, are taught from birth that they must live polygamy or lose their salvation and lose complete favor with God. They believe that only polygamists are accepted into God's family and into His highest heaven. We were taught growing up by our leaders and by parents uh, exactly what Brigham Young, the president, second president of the Mormon Church, taught all the Mormons in the early days. Can you imagine hearing this from the pulpit? It says, yeah. Now if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. Now that's pretty hard talk. <laughs> Sounds like polygamy is important. <laughs> it's very important, that's right. And we were taught that very same thing. And, and this is a threat, of course, based on a false premise. It is coercion. We were taught that the purpose of our existence was to become perfect on earth so we could become gods. And part of becoming perfect included the practice of polygamy. Another quote from Brigham Young. Yeah, and these are from the Journal of Discourses, which are, of course, now very hard to get a hold of. But the only men who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. But even though they were, they're hard to get now, and and but the polygamists still believe in the Journal of Discourses, oh, even though the LDS Church doesn't. And really? they were from the pulpit, like you said. Yeah, this yeah. is preaching from the prophet. They taught that if we turned away from polygamy, we could never become gods and would spend eternity as a son of perdition in hell. That's how polygamy groups brainwash their children. So how can someone who has been brainwashed with that kind of wrong information make an educated, informed decision? 
The word choice here is used very loosely because the definition of choice in polygamy is not the same as it is in normal thinking, of course. So, number two, uh, it's not informed consent. Yeah, it's not informed consent if you agree to polygamy because you were threatened with hell, damnation, son of perdition, and God's wrath if you rejected it. So that's not free choice when when you're threatened like that. When children are indoctrinated from birth to accept polygamy or be damned, when their choice of husbands is predetermined for them, when they claim uh, that God told them who their husbands should be, how can that be considered choice? It's not choice at all. It's coercion. From the very beginning of Mormon polygamy, Joseph Smith used this precise tactic, agree to polygamy or be destroyed. We read from Doctrine and Covenants section 132. And I command mine handmaid, Emma Smith, to abide and cleave unto my servant Joseph and to none else. But if she will not abide this commandment, she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord. For I am the Lord thy God and will destroy her if she abide not in my law. Okay, now this is the Doctrine and Covenants. This is something Joseph Smith claimed that God said. That is a very definite manipulation of someone's mind. And he didn't just settle for one death threat. We read in another part of Uh, Doctrine and Covenants. The first one was verse 54. This is 64. It says, And again, verily, verily, I say unto you, If any man have a wife who holds the keys of this power, and he teaches unto her the law of my priesthood as pertaining to these things, then shall she believe and administer unto him, or she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord your God, for I will destroy her. So these kinds of threats for to, to live a certain lifestyle like that certainly is not and cannot be deemed a free choice when you're yeah. trying to draw a young person into your lifestyle. And Orson Pratt also made some pretty nasty threats of hell and outer darkness to those who reject polygamy. Yeah, this is also from Journal of Discourses. I want to prophesy that all men and women who oppose the revelation which God has given in relation to polygamy will find themselves in darkness. The Spirit of God will withdraw from them until they will finally go down to hell and be damned if they do not repent. Now, if you want to get into darkness, brethren and sisters, begin to oppose this revelation. Sisters, you begin to say before your husbands, or husbands, you begin to say before your wives, I do not believe in the principle of polygamy, and I intend to instruct my children against it. Oppose it in this way, and teach your children to do the same, and if you do not become as dark as midnight, there is no truth in Mormonism. Well, now, this is the darkness of polygamy, right? (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Mormon polygamists have never stopped using those threats of hell and damnation. And they use it today. They used it when I was growing up, and they Mm. still use it in polygamy. Now, they claim that the Bible and biblical polygamists is their foundation for their practice, yet there's not one single passage where God ever threatened any person to submit to polygamy or be damned. There's not one place in the Bible where God ever said to a woman like Joseph Smith said to Emma, live polygamy or I'll destroy you. There is never recorded that an angel with a flaming sword ever threatened anyone to live polygamy or he'd be killed. That was just another of Joseph Smith's deceptive, coercive, and manipulative methods to get more plural wives. So number three. Yeah, it is not informed consent if you were guilt-tripped into becoming a plural wife. 
No, so yeah, if you're guilt tripped, yeah, the same yeah. thing, the same tactic. Guilt continues to be used, and it's a it's a very oppressive tactic. It's probably one of the most powerful tactics used to coerce girls into polygamy because it's easy to place guilt, and they will say things to you like, "You will disappoint your mother, you'll disappoint your father, or your grandmother, or your sister, or the leader of your group." But worst of all, you'll disappoint God if you don't do this plural marriage thing. God doesn't use coercion to force people into polygamy. Polygamy groups, in the, in the polygamy groups, females are a commodity. They're forced mm -hmm. into polygamy without freedom of choice. And many young girls are blatantly bartered for or trafficked from one place to another for the specific sexual purpose of becoming a polygamist wife. It happens yeah. even today. They do yeah. that. They trade wives back and forth. Okay. Yeah, so no, number four. number four. It's not informed consent. If you were told that God gave your leader or your future husband divine direction that you should marry him, and that if you were obedient, you'll get direction too. Now that's kind of scary to be in a polygamy group, be a young girl, and all of a sudden the leader of the group or the father or this prospective husband comes to you and says, God told me. Yeah. You need to marry so-and-so. Now, contrary to Mormon belief, wow. God does not give others direction for your life. Instead, God wants a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with each of us. The only mediator between God and you is Jesus Christ, and no one can legitimately tell you what God told them what you should do. So if someone says God told them you had to do something, just tell them that God doesn't told you that until he does, you don't have to do it. And then it's your responsibility to check the Bible and discover for yourself if what they told you to do is a biblical principle. For instance, God never ordained polygamy. He ordained monogamy, and so he will never tell anyone to tell you to live polygamy. Do you think people have a sense of, of just, well, they're not worthy to get the right answer? I think so. If they don't get the same answer that their leader mm -hmm. said? I mean, that happens. Mm -hmm. so. it, it does happen. In fact, so I heard a Mormon bishop give advice one time to a young lady about she was, uh, she asked him if, if she, they had prayed about the two, her and her boyfriend getting married, and they said, yeah, she said, yes, we've been praying about it. And he says, well, you need to know that you both might get different answers. And I just cringed when I heard that because if God was giving the if answer, they would the not answer. be different answers That's true. at all. That's true. Okay. Number, number five, it's not informed consent if you married the person they chose for you because you were afraid of the repercussions against you if you refused. Then they claim that you actually made your own choice even though when you chose it was because you had only a choice of one and you were manipulated by fear, not love. So when is a choice yeah. of one really a choice? That's right. The leaders or the parents in polygamy generally choose to have a huge influence on who their daughters will marry. Sometimes she'll get to choose from a list of men, mm -hmm. and they're usually already married men, but in reality that really is no choice at all. When brainwashing becomes part of the girl's education, she is unable to choose from all information available because all available information is withheld from her. Sadly, when these girls start raising their own children, they perpetrate 
the same lack of choice on them as they themselves lacked while they were growing up. And most important, everyone should enjoy the personal choice for a marriage partner and the option of marrying for love, yeah. not out of duty or compulsion. Yeah, I agree. Number six, mm -hmm. it's not informed consent. If many girls who are married into polygamy are sexually abused, either before they get married and frequently, their polygamist husband may also sexually abuse them. They are often forced into the sexual act. Yes. Especially if they're young. Especially girls. if they're young, and that happens. No one has a right to sexually use you as a piece of property even if you're legally married to him, he has no right to label you as his possession or force sex upon you. No one has a right to control you in that way ever. A yes is not a yes if you are afraid to say no. Is it free choice when Warren Jeffs forces an edict on the whole FLDS community that only certain men can father the babies and the women have no choice whatsoever in the transaction? We have a quote from Warren Jeff's brother, Lyle Jeff's former wife. It is the husband's responsibility to hold the hands of their wives while the seed bearer spreads his seed. In layman terms, the husband is required to sit in the room while the chosen seed bearer or a couple of them rape his wife or wives. That's just sick, insane. isn't it? Is and sick. what choice do we have there? It's not free choice. This just they can't claim free choice in this. And it's not free choice when a plural wife is forced to stay if she wants to leave. And then when she successfully escapes, she is labeled an apostate and is basically shunned by family, previous friends, all she's ever known and loved. And of course, we call that abuse, not free choice at all. So to summarize, contrary to popular rhetoric, polygamy is not merely an adult choice. Viewing polygamy as a viable alternative lifestyle only serves to confirm that those who support polygamy have no understanding and certainly no personal experience of the devastating life that most polygamy women are forced to choose. And the phrase forced to choose is a contradiction, but that is polygamy. In early Mormon Utah, the women were given the right to vote before the rest of the country did. Now, I hear people say, I've heard it before, that Mormonism was more progressive than the rest of the nation, so they must have had something right. And they used the women to, uh, the women, Utah women's ability to vote oh, no. as an example. However, they this need to so know and to tell the rest of the story. We quote from Ann Eliza Young, a plural wife of Brigham Young, when she whom he treated so badly that she finally successfully sued him for divorce. She then wrote a book entitled Wife Number 19, The Story of a Life in Bondage. I heartily recommend you read this book. She experienced much of the ugliness of plural marriage and of living under the tyranny of Brigham Young. And she said this about early Mormon polygamous voting practices. This See is, how much free choice we got going here. Yeah, this is so interesting. <laughs> Although a semblance of independent action is kept up since the People are not publicly told which way they must vote, yet the bishops and ward teachers manage to make it understood very decidedly what is expected of the faithful at the elections. 
The expectations, it is perhaps needless to state, are always realized. Of course. <laughs> the Mormons have always let their members know who they should be voting for. And in those early days, many of them would never, ever dare vote for any other person than the one that the church supported. We quote what Annie Liza Young said about Utah giving women the right to vote. <laughs> the reason of this wonderful act of justice on Brigham Young's part can easily be given. When the Union Pacific Railroad was completed and the influx of miners and other outsiders from the Gentile world began to flood the territory and make homes for themselves in the very midst of Mormondom, the chiefs of the Mormon hierarchy grew very fearful and apprehensive lest the power should pass from their grasp into Gentile hands by the gradual change of population. By adopting female suffrage, they would treble their voting power at once. There was no longer any hesitation. The measure was adopted. And so general and generous was it that in Utah today, every person of the female sex, from the babe in the arms to the oldest bedridden Im imbecile crone, I'm not sure what that is, <laughs> has the right of elective franchise and is compelled to use it. There was a lot of voting fraud going <laughs> on in, in early Mormon Utah. But Analyza was there, and she knew. She knew Brigham Young. She knew firsthand what happened and being compelled by the way to do something or to vote a certain way is not free choice. She tells about her first experience of casting a vote in Utah. I was driven to the polls, a ticket was handed me and hustled along without the opportunity of examining it. And to this day I'm in blissful ignorance of what or who I cast my vote for. There is an encouraging and inspiring picture for the advocates of female suffrage who are jubilant over the triumph of their cause in Utah. A polygamous wife of the president of the church conveyed to the polls by her husband's coachman and compelled to cast the vote he gives her without an opportunity of exercising her judgment or her choice and ignorant even of what she's doing. And that's what happened in early Mormon women voting in Utah. The only reason Utah women were given the right to vote was their fear of the non-Mormon population growth, which would probably result in non-Mormon political and commercial influence. And the Mormon church feared losing control. So they did something about it before it could become a huge problem. And they did it at the voting booth. A man with seven wives ca could cast <laughs> eight, eight votes. votes for his person he was voting for. Brigham Young had well over a dozen wives at this time, and they were all compelled to vote according to his dictation. The polygamous wives of early Mormonism required to vote however her husband told her to. A choice to vote the way someone tells you to vote is not a free choice to vote. Communism operates that way quite successfully. Utah women did not, in reality, get equality before the rest of the country did. In fact, even today, in a recent survey of all 50 states, Utah landed last in equal treatment of women. This is not being progressive. Later in her book, Anne Eliza Young wrote this about the treatment of women in early Mormon polygamist Utah. The entire ownership of women is nowhere more fully assumed by their husbands than it is in Utah. A woman is obliged to submit to every exaction from him, to grant every request, obey every demand. In return, she need expect nothing, not even support. You are mine, body and soul, but you have no right to claim anything from me more than what I choose to give you. 
is the attitude of every man in polygamy towards his wives. This was polygamy in early Mormon no, Utah, boy. and that's polygamy today in the mm. Mormon polygamy groups. That's the way it is. They had to choose polygamy or be damned. They had to choose the husband chosen for them or be ostracized. They had to submit, submit completely and totally as a mere piece of property or be severely disciplined. And it's just like she said there, you have no right to expect anything more from me. And that's generally the way it works in polygamy groups today. I've heard such We've heard such tragic stories here on this show about people who who live with very little food, very little money, mm -hmm. because they're a second, third, fifth wife of a polygamist. It's true, they, they do. They just don't share the wealth. Of, the, the, of... No, that's what the, the <laughs> fallacy of the new, uh, of, of the United Order, which we talked about that yeah. on the show quite a while ago. Uh, and they don't because the big deal with the polygamy groups is the United Order. That's as much required as polygamy is. Yeah. And you have to give every bit of your property and money to the group, <laughs> which is used exclusively at the whim of the leadership. And so obviously they're going to save every money, yeah. every penny they can. And they still do it. In the Kingston group today, I, I hear ripples all the time of how they're trying to coerce them to save money, make more money and save more money so that they can um, progress through the kingdom of God, wow. which is what they believe it is. It's so scary. It is, is very scary, and what's scary is that nobody ever, well, I mean, we've done this show for, what, seven and a half years, and people don't believe the things that we're telling them is going on. Yet, the federal government is actually suing the FLDS, finally, in Colorado City and Hilldale for discrimination. Uh, the, in fact, I, I read a, an article yesterday that maybe they'll settle out of court, that maybe the FLDS is going to ask them to settle out of court. Um, so the next time that, that someone from a polygamy group explains that polygamy is an adult choice, yeah. uh, that children are not forced into polygamous marriages because they watch sister wives and there's no forcing there, then you can know that if they're from a polygamy group and saying this, they're deliberately lying to you or they don't have a clue what's really going on inside the group. Is this discussed constantly in Sunday schools and whatever studies that they have, church meetings and so on, they repeat these yes. these yes. Orson Pratt yes. discussions yes. and Brigham Young quotes. They're always they, they, may, they may quote them or they may not, they may not say this is a quote from, but they will themselves It'll say the same words to the women and to the children. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. And it's it's basically the reiteration. Well, I'm glad we're doing a little more coercion yeah, next we're time, doing, too. Yeah, <laughs> next time, uh, we, our next show is. Right now, we're out of time. Thanks yep. again, Earl, yep. for coming. And again, polygamy is not an informed uh, adult choice. The, the promise that man, that the plural husband, can choose another wife only his, if his first wife is willing, of course, is a false promise. In polygamy, women are lonely and unfulfilled. Her husband is not her lover and is rarely her provider. He just breeds babies as he works his way to godhood. In polygamy, men force the women to share her husband, but if the tables were turned, men would never tolerate that treatment for themselves. These men use the Bible as their foundation to live polygamy, yet there's not one even hint of Mormon style or Joseph Smith style in polygamy found in all of the Bible. 
polygamy is destructive and coercive and cannot save the polygamist. Jesus Christ is our Savior, the only Savior, and He doesn't use or need polygamy to help save anyone. See you next time on Polygamy. What love is this? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.